Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have Marianne Haskins with Flex HR. Welcome. Hi, Lee. Before we get too far into things, tell us about Flex HR. How are you serving folks? Well, Flex HR has a group of professional human resources folks that can assist any organization from small to extremely large. We get phone calls from clients that just need some oversight on a project or perhaps they need us to come in and do an audit or HR and payroll purposes. We also have some clients that use us for their HR and payroll needs. So they outsource their entire department to us. So we really offer a lot of different solutions for clients. It really depends on what you need. I guess that's where the flex comes in. Exactly. So are you a PEO? Are you kind of taking over that role or is this in a more consultative manner? My role is a consultant with Flex HR. I work with a variety of clients, uh, everything from veterinary clinics, manufacturers, private schools, a lot of variety there. And then what's the type of work that you're actually doing kind of on a day-to-day basis for them? Uh, I've done things such as reviewing handbooks, putting together policies and procedures, training programs been the outsourced human resources professional for the organization, help them recruit a new HR professional to lead their team, help them revamp their structure, do a strategic plan, lots of different types of projects. I have another client, I'm working with them on implementing a new HRIS system. So my world is never dull. And is it uh, like, what's, are you typically a, a bridge to help them either triage the situation or to get them to hire a, a permanent person? Again, it's it's unique for each organization. We have some companies that decided to fully outsource human resources and payroll to us, and we serve as their providers for their team members, which is great. To the team members, we're just one of them, and it works beautifully. With other organizations, they bring us in on an intro to help them bridge until they can find the right person to fill an opening, and that's not unusual. Now, when you're doing so many different things for the HR people at a given organization, whether it's, you know, doing the role of HR or just helping them through a situation, how do do you kind of market for that? How do they know to call you at at the time they have a need if the need is is pretty much anything HR related? Well, fortunately, we have lots of wonderful clients over the years and uh, we get a lot of referrals we also have very good presence on the website if you go google search for help with, with human resources i think we're at the top of the list we're pretty close our marketing team does a fabulous job there you know i feel like most of my clients have come to us through referrals or finding us in a, in a moment of desperation And our CEO does a fantastic job of assessing their needs and then trying to align them with the right consultant, with the right team to help them. 
Now, how do HR professionals deal with things that are are new and disruptive like AI? Like where can an outfit like Flex HR help them manage kind of artificial intelligence when it relates to, uh, you know, work policies? Well, I think in most cases, that's a topic that's going to come up when we're reviewing a handbook. I have had one client who asked about it, but this is still such a new thing. I don't believe a lot of employers have stopped long enough to assess the risk that generative AI may be causing with their employees. Uh, you know, simple things like folks that are working for you using something like a chat GBT to write a report. So really, they didn't create the work and you may have violated some copyright rules or something. So you need to have policies in place for things like this to mitigate the risk. And there are different options you can take with how you approach those policies. So with our clients, we generally want to talk to them about, you know, are you a group that's likely to be using AI? And even if you're not a group is likely to be using it, let's talk about putting it in your handbook. So a policy that makes sense for you. Now you mentioned some of the, um, kind of risks that are involved like if if someone if one of your clients was kind of a creative client that had maybe copywriters or or was creating content on the web and their people are using uh artificial intelligence um that can open up a can of worms that the employer may not even think think about really true true you know I'm seeing right now, and again, I'm going to preface this statement with everything in the world of AI is changing fast. And there are laws being put into place every time you turn around related to AI. I think in 2022, there were 17 states that enacted some sort of ruling on the use of artificial intelligence. So the world as we know it is ever evolving. And when it comes to policies, Most of the policies kind of take three approaches, one of three approaches. They'll say, okay, we're going to allow you to use AI at work, but here are the guidelines, what you can and can't do. The second option is you're going to limit the use and give them a clear cut list of what's acceptable. Okay, you can use your chatbot to help draft a letter or an email, but you cannot use it to create a report. You cannot use it to put content on the website. Um, Then the other option that I've seen some clients take is just prohibit it. You know, we're not going to use it here. You can't use your work email to create any accounts with any type of AI service. And it's your choice if you use it at home, but don't bring it into work. Don't use it for any work-related projects. So that seems to be where the three options are right now for these policies. Um, but then you have to write the policy that fits into which of those three paths you want to take. And then uh, this is kind of an, an area where a Flex HR probably can help organizations because I would imagine that you're far more... Um, fluent in the language of AI, uh, probably more so than a lot of these clients are because you are kind of trying to be proactive active and try to get ahead of this? Well, I hope we are. Uh, we make every effort that we can. Um, and, and I think also, it's not just an AI policy, it's your culture. So 
part of anything that you're doing when it comes to policies and procedures. Yes, you have to write the policy to protect yourself from a legal risk standpoint, and you have to be sure you're compliant with the laws in those states where you do business. But you also have to realize that every policy you put in front of an employee affects their view of you as an organization. So you're telling them who you are, if you will, by the way you word something and the approach you take to whatever the topic is, AI, dress code, whatever. So we do work a lot with our clients on handbooks. We see a genuine need for organizations to not just create a handbook and 10 years later, remember, oh yeah, we've got that. Everybody signed off that they've read it, but we haven't updated it forever. You know, your handbook really to me needs to be a living document. And right now, in my personal professional opinion, I'm trying to encourage my clients to add something about AI in their handbook when they are reviewing it for an update. So um, can you share some advice if you were to uh, work in an organization that maybe didn't have a handbook or it wasn't as um, robust as maybe you would like it to be? What are some of the actionable things they could do right now to uh, improve their handbook and to make it uh, that living document that you described? Well, I'm always surprised and I've seen this professionally, both when I was in private sector working as the head of HR, as well as now consulting, a lot of companies have their handbook that was brought to them by their head of HR or maybe the CEO. And it's actually their former employer's handbook. And they just did a few name changes and slapped an an updated label on it and said, okay, here's our handbook. You know, to me, the first thing every HR professional should do, as well as senior executives, You need to really read your handbook as if you were a brand new employee viewing your company. And so does it have information that's needed in it that employees should know? Does it provide adequate guidelines in clear and simple terms that people can understand? Is it available to them? I'm a huge proponent of not having printed handbooks because those become stale. I love to have them on the HRIS system so that an employee at any point in time can log in and pull it up and do a quick search for whatever the information is that they want to read. So if they're looking to find out about, you know, FMLA and what notices do I need to give? Okay. I just go to the handbook and you want your employees to be comfortable and know where exactly that handbook is and to find the information quickly. The second thing on handbooks is you really need to train your supervisors on the information that's in the handbook. Never assume that, yes, they read it, and yes, they understand it. You know, the handbook also provides guidance for them in how to interact with employees, both in good times and bad. And so you want to be sure that that policy is representing how you want those supervisors to treat your folks. The same thing's true on AI. Um, Another key thing with the AI policies, make sure that you have a statement that lets the employee know, have no assumption that there's any privacy. If you're using our Wi-Fi, if you're using our equipment, we have the right to monitor what you're doing. Don't assume just because you've got a login and password that we can't see what you're doing because we have an obligation to the organization to protect it. So um, going back to your question, you know, again, read your handbook. If you don't have one, I 
highly recommend you call Flex HR and let us help you create one. Um, any handbook is better than no handbook, but you need to make sure it's compliant for your state. Uh, I personally and professionally have also uh, just, you know, made sure that I set a reminder that at a minimum, I go back and reread the handbook every 12 to 18 months. I have a folder that I keep notes for when the next time it's updated, things that I want to change or maybe a new policy that I want to introduce. It's It's got to be an active, living, breathing document that the HR professionals think about on a regular basis. So if there's a company out there that um, maybe hasn't thought about um, refreshing their handbook or even um, kind of dealing with the disruption that artificial intelligence is having in workplaces and they want to get a hold of you or somebody on your team, what is the website? What's the best way to uh, connect with you to have a more substantive conversation? I just go out to uh, flexhr.com. There is a contact us area there. Uh, we are also partnering with Sherm Atlanta on February the 29th. We're going to have an HR boot camp. So maybe the first place to go is to the boot camp. And we'll be there. You can meet us face-to-face and talk about your issues with us during the breaks. Uh, but we're going to have some really good topics, including one of the sessions is on handbooks. So very timely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing such important work, and we appreciate you. Well, it's been a pleasure, Lee. I really do enjoy speaking with you today and uh, look forward to continuing conversations with anybody who's interested. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio. 